Next Talk, sponsored by nexttalk.org, contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our free video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? So we are excited to bring you the month of marriage series. I'm Kim Ellerick. Mandy's out and about. I'm pretty sure she's talking to her kids or someone. She's always talking, which is a good thing. Um, but I get to have my very favorite guest on our show, Charles. He is my husband. He's an assistant principal at a middle school. We've been married 16 years, and we have three precious children, age nine, six, and four. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Oh, it's good to be here. It's always great to join you on the show. Yeah, well, and we love, Manny I love having the husbands in one because you guys bring great perspective. You tell a lot of relatable stories, and um, you have some of the highest-rated shows, you and Matthew. Um, but even more than that, when we're out and about, I cannot tell you how many husbands and wives come up to me and say, oh, I love listening to your husband, and he's so down-to-earth, and I just really related to him, so keep him coming oh, back. Good. Yeah. So I'm not, like, as bad as I think I am? You are not detrimental. Nice. Not okay. at all. That's good to know. The opposite. So maybe because you all are so good at talking, and I'm not, <laughs> that a lot of people think, Oh, at least you're not that guy. He's yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> I'm lowering the standard. No, across the board. No, it's super good. We're we're glad that we're going to have the husbands in for this month of marriage. So we're going to be doing um, <laughs> four shows. Uh, we introduced you guys with our first show just to let everybody know kind of the overview of what was happening. Um, but we we're going to do you and I are going to do two, and Matt and Mandy are going to do two. Okay. Um, we're going to be talking about are we having fun yet? That's one of the shows we're going to do. Oh, I like fun. Everybody likes fun. Fun is so fun. But it's so weird how in your marriage sometimes you look around and you're like, wait a minute. We are not having fun anymore. Mm. Like we are in the middle of this life thing and we, there's so much going on that we have forgotten to have fun together. I, that's yeah. A, that's going to be a good topic. It's going to be good. That I'm excited. A necessary to talk about that. one. I think. It is necessary, yeah. especially during the busy holiday seasons. Mm -hmm. It's even more necessary than you realize. Is there never. A busy season? non-busy season, I feel okay, like. Okay, so it's always busy, but then the holidays like bumps it up a notch. Yeah. So it's like uber busy. I got you. Yeah. So then um, I know that Matt and Mandy are going to be talking about recognizing how the past affects your marriage, mm -hmm. which is going to be really good. Um, if you haven't checked out our nine-week video series, one of the videos on there, uh, video number three, is Charles and I doing a marriage segment, talking about the importance of open communication in your marriage and how to start that process. And a big part of that is knowing about your past. Like mm. what baggage you're bringing into it and what family history you have. So lots of good topics there. Um, they're also going to be talking about learning to respond differently in situations, which is good. Okay. And I say that last because today we are talking about how we respond to things with our words. Specifically, mm. what I should have said was. Mm. <laughs> right. A little hindsight, 2020 action. Like yeah. Looking back like, ooh, what I should have said. Yeah, when we were talking about this topic, mm. the first image that came to mind is the many times in my life, even outside of marriage, where I've said something and I'm literally wishing I could grab the words and stuff them back in my mouth and swallow them into a deep, dark place. Yes. 
like backpedaling as they're coming out. And I'm like, no, oh, why? Yeah. Right. So that's what we want to talk about today. Um, we're going to have some practical tips for you and some stories, hopefully, that you can relate to. Right. So I th- and I think this is just also like, you know, we're not talking about words or phrases that are meant to harm. We're just saying like we, we came from a place or we're coming from a place where we intended something to happen and it didn't yes. based on how our spouse received it. Yes. Right. And so like, oh, that's not what I meant to happen. Yes. <laughs> How can I fix it now? Or what I what should I have said? Or what should I say in the future? Yes. Right? Okay. Because I'm constantly inserting foot into mm, mouth. Right? I know. Okay. So. And then it's like you need to take those notes and what am I going to do next time so I don't have to be in this situation again? Right. So the, the first thing we were going to talk about is what I should have said was this kind and helpful, encouraging thing. Every word counts. So make sure you're choosing your words wisely. Mm -hmm. Very much so. I have a story that really kind of brings that together, Mm -hmm. brings that to light. So we were, I can't remember if we were dating or if we were first married. I don't remember, but, and I don't even remember really what the topic was about. We were were just recently married. Okay. So you remember. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we were sitting in your car. I remember that. It was dark, mm-hmm. nighttime. Uh, we were sitting outside of your workplace. Correct. Which is weird. I don't know why we were there, but we were. And we were sitting there having some kind of argument. Now, rewind a little bit. And I had been le- like reading some different marriage books and listening to some different things. And one of the little tips that I took away was like, guys communicate differently than girls and you know you just have to speak truth and clarity into your husband and just be like straightforward Mm -hmm. and in that moment somehow in my brain that tip equaled guy talk and I am a daughter of a single mom and I'm an only child so I really don't even know what guy talk is so somehow I pulled this phrase out as we were arguing and talking about this situation right what I was trying to say to you is you're awesome. You're, <laughs> you have the skills. This is the time. God has prepared you for this. You've got this. And what I said in that moment was, grow yourself a pair of balls. Yeah, it was something along the lines of that. And it was like the exact opposite of what I needed to yeah. hear. I was like, uh. <laughs> wait, what? It was a work thing. And I was struggling with um, approaching my boss. Yes. Which I felt, you know, there was something that was going on. That needed to change. Yes. And I felt that it was like, you know, something that required like a, um, a big movement and like a, it was a, it was a part of, it was like a culture it was big. type thing. I right? do remember that. And then, so I was, you know, man, I was really frustrated. I was conflicted. I didn't know how to like approach, um, my boss with this particular, you know, thing that I felt like he was doing wrong. And, um, I didn't want to get, you know, burned, you know, at work yes. kind of a thing. And uh, so it was kind of like upset, but I was also just frustrated. And then, then I hear that from you. Your sweet wife. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. it totally caught me off guard. I'm like, wait, what? Then <laughs> that was like the biggest uh. insult I had ever received. It was terrible. <laughs> Guys, the look on his face, I thought, all I could think was, I am going to be a divorced woman. Like, you looked, you, you, were, you, were, you were furious and yeah. hurt. And it was terrible. I think I left the car. You did. You got up and got out of the car. And I remember wanting to die inside. And I thought, here I was, I was going to be like this great communicator and encourager and use guy talk. And I was trying to do all these great things. And what I should have said was, you've got this. You know, I'm 
we know that God's going to tell you what to do and what to say and the timing will be right. Yeah. And it just messed up the whole situation. Right. And I think it's important for like, you know, the, the spouse in this case doesn't have to be like we talked about this before. The spouse doesn't have to be everything for that other person. Absolutely. Right. And so sometimes your spouse needs like a drill instructor or mm-hmm. a peer mm-hmm. or, you know, a same sex buddy or pal or girlfriend, whatever, to really kind of communicate those things. The hard stuff. The hard stuff. Yet. The spouse can say those things, but it has to be coming from or in a way that is familiar to that person. Because <laughs> um, like if I tell you right now, if somebody else told me that and like just punched me in the shoulder and said, you got to grow a pair, dude, let's do it. You know, like a guy guy said it or something like that. But then for your wife to say that it was very emasculating Mm -hmm. and it was like, well, that's that's not right. You know, it didn't come out very well. It was bad. It was terrible. And um, I really after that time, I remember um, a scripture being shared with me by one of our mentors. And it was one I had heard before, but it really it, it hit home after I saw how much damage I had done with not choosing my words wisely. Um, Ephesians 429, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And filtering myself through that really helps because even if it's true, it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be said. And it needs to be encouraging. It needs to be um, wise. And a lot of times that takes time. And so in those moments, we don't always have to respond. And if we don't know what to say, then we should just give some word of encouragement and let it be. Mm -hmm. I think we're a lot of times uncomfortable with the silence. Yes. So we say things and then we have to backtrack. Sometimes we just need to be still. Right. And I think uh, I'm okay with silence, Yeah, you know, and I'm more comfortable with silence. And I'm, I don't know if I'm not afraid of that. And there's a lot of, I think, like learning that goes on. But I think that's one of the things that you've had to learn from me yes. is that when I'm silent, you're like worried about what's going on in my head. Yes, you know, something's how much, wrong. Right, did I upset him? Is he worried? Is he just thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a very like, I have a naturally scowling face like when I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. So it's a very, you know what I mean? It's a very like, You look oh, like you're in a bad place. I, I do, but that's my normal face. It is. Uh, and I don't know where that comes from. I have a natural scowl, very unapproachable <laughs> look for the most part. He's like a bouncer. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Right. Like, don't bother me kind of yes. thing. But yes. But that sometimes, that you're right, though, it, it really is like that, that silence. There's there's a comfort level of silence that needs to exist mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of the men out there, they probably would say the same thing. Like, when there's something that was just said or something that we're going through, a lot of times silence is the most important thing. Yes. Right? That's a great yeah. word. Because it's hard for, you know, I just want to fill that space because right. I think something's wrong. Yeah. And I'm not, and I'll probably need to do a better job of saying like, look, I just need some peace and quiet right now to yeah. let you know that it is okay. Like I'm not upset, yeah. but I just need a little bit of time to process that. And that's one of the things that I've had to work on too is as you accept that I need some peace and quiet, mm-hmm. I also need to make sure that I tell you like, hey, I'm, I'm going to need this. I'm going to be okay. Yes. But I just need to go in a little dark hole, <laughs> you know, get emotionally. Away. And I just need to like, you know. I need to go do something quiet. Yeah. Or I need that peace. So, so you know, when you're thinking about um, how am I going to be better at choosing my words wisely and being helpful, um, some of the things that have helped us a lot is if you're at a 10, you probably don't need to say anything. Mm-hmm. If you are at a 10, and Mandy and I have talked about this before, too, when we had the counselors on, they gave us that tip as well. And they said, wait till you are at like a three, maybe a four before mm-hmm. you even speak, because all of those hormones and emotions that are raging inside of you are not are it's 
it's like they burn down your filters. Right. So you've just got to give it time sometimes in order for the words to come out right. Yeah. Just some self-management, self-awareness to kind of know where you're at. Yeah. And also recognize the the number in your spouse. Because like I think you you go down to like a three really quick. Real quick. I yep. stay at a 10 like for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm broken inside. Uh, but it's just like, man, I stay hot for so long. It's just like I need to really kind of do something super physical or do something like outside mm-hmm. or whatnot. And so you're ready to talk almost immediately. And I'm just like, I'm still reeling. Yes. Uh, and so make sure that both partners are at that three. And respect the time. Right. Even if it's different. Right. I think, too, um, some things that really help in those moments when you want to say something and you're not sure how to say it and you don't want it to come out wrong. So you're not in that situation where you're like, what I should have said is um, using some words that just kind of calm the mood. Like, this is how I feel when mm-hmm. that puts it on you. Or the old compliment sandwich that, I mean, I learned that like in Business 101 in, in, uh, in school was, you know, you started out with something like good and then the hard thing and then the good thing just to kind of create the space where it's not anger inducing, hopefully. Yeah. And one of the ones that I like to say um, in training our volunteers, it, when I see something that I feel like might be a problem, I say, you know, I could be totally off, but this is what I'm seeing. And then it's more like an observation. They can be, no, no, I don't see that at all. And then you realize, okay, they really don't realize this hard thing that I need to talk to them about. Right. And you can reapproach it when the timing is better. Right. And it works with your spouse in the same way. Yeah. 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 So I think um, we've had a lot of awkward situations, you know, where we've said the wrong thing and we have accidentally hurt each other. Um, but I think we both agree that sometimes what I should have said was nothing. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think it's um, un- those unintended, like, you know, little choice words or maybe like a like an off-color joke. Yep. Like I, <clears throat> there was a time um, our pastor was talking about, and this is at church, like during the sermon, and I, I shouldn't have been talking anyway. <laughs> um, so this is really all your fault. So it really is. It's on me, <laughs> this one. And But, you know, he had said something. It, I don't even remember what it was about, really. I don't even remember the scripture. I just remember it being like a funny time to insert a little joke. Oh, boy. Um, and I know how much you love when I whisper over to you my little... Oh, the, it kills me. The, the the King Charles commentary that I like to insert. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's super. Well, anyway, he was talking about how they are... It was around around the time that San Antonio was proposing legislation on hands-free devices. Right. And the pastor made like a pretty funny comment about like, oh, I guess, you know, we have to be hands-free when we talk on the phone, but we could still, you know, eat like a burger and fries and, you know, ladies could still put on their makeup while they're driving and something along those lines. So I reach over to you and I just whisper in your ear, which I thought was hilarious. I was like, well, they can't outlaw women putting on their makeup while they drive because it's the only time that they use the mirror. Mm-hmm. And I was ready for you to go, oh, that's so funny. But like, you know, give me a little elbow, like Psh, not here in church. <laughs> and all I got was like the death stare. But it was like the thousand yard stare in the opposite direction. Like your face changed. Your your color changed. Yeah. You became very st- like, like <laughs> stoic in here, even though we were seated. And Flat I, back. Yeah, I was waiting for like this really good, ah, because you know, but then you took it as like this very like personal insult to being a bad driver, mm-hmm. which you're not. Mm. But it's, you know, it was a very, it was a bad time for a bad joke. Again, I probably shouldn't have said anything. I should have yeah. just been an attentive Christian listener. <laughs> should have been like a, a good, listener. I should have been a good, compliant Christian and sat 
sat there quietly <laughs> and said nothing and said nothing <laughs> or saved it for another time with a different person. Uh, yes. That would have been a much better guy joke. Much better. Right. So that was one thing that I learned. And I was like, wow, I was really surprised how upset you were. Uh, and like, wow, like I, I must have done something else wrong. She couldn't be this upset <laughs> over that. So um, I learned a little something. I thought I was sharing a joke with you, but you took it in a very personal way and I had to apologize and I wanted to make sure that it was not intended for, you know, I wasn't geared towards you, but you mm-hmm. took it that way. And that's, <laughs> that's one of those things I just think is hilarious, but uh, you know, looking back, we probably should have not said anything at all. Should have said nothing. Right. Yes. And again, I, and this was a, a pre for all the listeners out there, they probably think I'm some like sexist jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Like I don't intend to like, I wasn't trying to offend anybody. No, it you was, were just being funny. It was a bad time for a, Bad joke. Yes. That's all. If you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is listener supported. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. So today, my husband Charles joins me, um, and we are in this month of marriage, which we're pretty excited about because we get to have the husbands on. Matt and Mandy are doing a couple of shows, and Charles and I are doing a couple of shows, and today we're talking about what I should have said was, (laughs) and we started covering what I think is super important is what I should have said was nothing. (laughs) And here is the... the, the crux of this point that I am really starting to learn probably in the last five years is if I'm always feeling like I need to say something, I'm not leaving room for the Holy Spirit to speak to you right? because I'm trying to fill that space. Oh, and, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I'm really learning. I do not always have to be the one to say it, even though it's true and maybe it needs to be said, it doesn't always need to be me. Like mm. God is working in you and I know that. And so this is a big point. I believe that a lot of us need to take note of. Uh, a great story uh, that happened recently for Charles and I. He So a little backstory. I don't know why. I don't know where this comes from. I don't remember if it's always been this way. But my sweet husband loves a clean garage. Like, he needs order in his garage. Like, I look in some of my friends' garages and there's like bikes everywhere and bins open and piles of things. And they're like, well, yeah, that's the garage. That does not happen in our garage any more than maybe for a few days. Well, we could have bins. Bins are great for organization. Well, yes, but I mean like open bins and like in the middle, like things are in the middle of happening and like, no, 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 no. Yeah, those people need to get some therapy. (laughs) It's not you. They need some work. Oh, yeah, no, it's them. It's all them. (laughs) They need some help or they need a garage sale. They They need need a garage sale. So he's constantly cleaning out and organizing and sweeping and the garage. Like people walk in our garage and they're like, oh my goodness, it's very organized in here. I'm like, yes, it is. I think I vacuum the garage more than I vacuum the house. You sure do. That's true. You sure do. Now his, his gym is in the garage. So that's like also his little like area. It is literally. It's your space. It's an, but it's an eight by eight foot platform. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all my space is. That is. That's all you get. And that's all I want. And that's all you want. And I, and, well, and and I would like clean. the surrounding area to be clean. Yes. Because, yeah. Which we honor most of the time. Um, but when things get a little bit crazy and busy, like during the holiday season or on a Tuesday, um, it just sometimes, I don't, we don't get to cleaning it up. And so we have this habit of throwing boxes into the garage so that we can then take them out to the recycling bin. And I don't really like taking out the trash. And so I usually wait till it's flowing over and you get home to do it. <laughs> but if it can't wait and you're not home, I will bag it up and I'll put it in the garage so that later 
you can take it out to the bin. Um, and then sometimes there's just stuff that I haven't sorted through, like bins of clothes that I'm going to donate um, to another family because I have a good heart. And so it's all good intention. You know, I have good intentions. Right. And usually we keep it clean. But on this particular day, it, there was just stuff everywhere in your garage. Well, it's our garage. It's our garage. In, in our garage, there was a lot of stuff, like more than usual. And you were walking out of the house and you were already not in a great mood. And you walked into the garage and you were just like done. Like you were ranting and raving and you walked off and you said some things that weren't very nice. And I wanted to yell at you, like, get a grip. It's, a, it's just a garage. And literally in that moment, the Holy Spirit was, Spirit was like, I got this. Like, zip it, woman. Like, literally. I don't know if that's how the Holy Spirit talks to you, but to me, it's like, zip it. Like, stop. And it's almost like I can't talk. It's it's like a help, literally, in that moment. Like, not only should I not talk, but it's almost like I can't. Like, God is really helping me in that moment. And I didn't say anything. And you walked off, and you very a very short time after that came back, and you apologized. And you were like, it's, I overreacted. It's just a garage. I'm so sorry that I said those things. And I didn't have to say a thing, and I didn't have to blow it out of proportion and make it worse and turn it into an all-day argument. In that moment, I really realized more often than not, what I should have said was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I saw the fruit of that. Let it, leaving space for the Holy Spirit to work in you and not me not feeling like I always have to fix it is like a big deal. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, I've, I think you know, one of the things that I've learned, I'm trying to get a little bit better hold of myself and my anger, especially over like silly things like that. Mm-hmm. It is just a garage and it's just a matter of time to clean it up and to put stuff away. And you know, I don't know how busy you are during the day and how much that... You know, sometimes you just need like a place to throw stuff, mm-hmm. and that's what the garage should be for. Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally, <laughs> maybe seasonally, maybe you know, <laughs> maybe in the fall. I think um, with this one, you know, not knowing when not to say anything, ask God to show you when to shut your mouth, and just pray. Just pray for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Pray for God to show them, you know, what happened in that moment, and to show them how you're feeling without you even saying anything. And then be patient. And that's a really hard one. Yeah. A lot of times we want to fix it right away. I'm speaking from experience. I want it to be fixed right away because I want everything to be okay. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to just ask yourself, like, if I say this, is it going to be helpful? Is it necessary? Yeah. You know, does it show God's glory or is it more like a personal thing? You know, like those little comments that we get like a little personal joy out of, if it's, if we know that it's going to be taken the wrong way or if it really kind of like jabs maybe it's like a jab maybe it's like a phrase or a quote or something that i know that you don't really like if i say that you know i gotta make sure that you know that well that's just unnecessary it doesn't it's not helpful it doesn't promote god's kingdom it doesn't build our marriage and it's something that doesn't need to be said so true yeah if it's not life-giving then it's usually life-taking right um the other thing and you just brought it up which i think is real important just to touch on is as you're married and as you're going through life together, you'll find these trigger statements that your spouse is like obviously annoyed or hurt by. Right. They may even tell you that. And we have picked up on a few over the years and they are just off limits. Yeah. Like there is no reason to say that. <laughs> yeah. I know for you, the, the word relax. Yes. Is like the opposite happens. Which sounds crazy. Yeah. Like what, I, what I've learned to say to you <clears throat> is that if I know that you're stressed, I need to come over. I need to give you a hug. And I need to say things like, I can help you relax if you let me do this. Or how can I help you relax? What is there something I can do? Instead of just saying, 
relax. Hey, relax. Everything's going to be okay. That's like one of the worst things that you, that I can say to you. Yes. Right. And so when you say that, I like all of the hair goes up on my neck and I'm like, relax, relax. Like that's all I have to do. Thank you. Thank you for that insight and that wisdom. (laughs) Yes. I'm so wise. Yeah. In the the beginning of our marriage, I remember you saying like, relax. And it would drive me crazy. And I can't recall the last time you've ever said anything like that. Uh, in that way like you said you learned how to say it in a way that is soothing to my soul and does not push my buttons right a little bit smarter version of what I'm trying to get you to do I'm I'm still trying to get you to relax yes because I want you know your stress and anxiety to go down yes but I also know that I'm trying to phrase it in a way that doesn't you know increase that anxiety or stress yes and you know not everybody appreciates sarcasm like Charles and I love sarcasm we're sarcastic with each Mm. other we know when and how to do that but I have found in our family that sarcasm does not always go over well and is received the wrong way. And so that you got to know your spouse. I have friends that I know I cannot be, they'll take that the wrong way. And then there's like some phrases I would not and do not say to you, like stay in your lane. You don't like that one and you don't like it is what it is. Yeah, I think those two just need to be removed from like the English vocabulary. <laughs> when people say like, hey, stay in your lane, I think that's one of the most insulting things. But yeah. maybe that's just me personally. I don't know. But I don't know. Like if anybody were to come to me and say, hey, Charles, you need to stay in your lane. Yeah. Um, you were going to have to have some words later. <laughs> At least that's what I feel like saying later it's like on. It happens inside. Yeah. And then somebody says, relax. That's like somebody telling me, relax. Hey, stay in your lane. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah. No, you just said something bad. So find out what yeah. your spouse's triggers are and know that uh, what you should have said was not that statement that they despise ever. Right. Ever. Well, we hope this helps you a little bit um, just to think about some practical ways to Give words that give or say words that give life instead of take it away and always continually focus on timing and prayer. And that makes every marriage better. Amen to that. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM 630. The word you are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Find our free video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?